Hi, and uh, welcome to uh, I Want You to Watch This. I'm Dennis Buckles, and I'm with my friends here. Um, I'm Craig Hale. And I'm Colin Munch. And we are going to be talking about Arrival uh, today. And uh, Arrival is what, a movie 2016? From this year, yeah. From this year. Um, I don't have a director. And I don't think either of us do. <laughs> but we will look that up. We will look but, that up. Um, but it does star Amy Adams yes. and, and Amy I think Adams this, and Jeremy Renner. And Jeremy Renner. The screenwriter is the big guy in this movie. Screen. He's the one that everyone's been talking about. Right. And and that is very apparent. Yeah. In yeah it's, this film. It's, like, it's it's the script is what really shines through. It's based off a book. Oh, before we continue, I'd like to say something. Um, I we are not. Uh, we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> really, I mean, we're not like critics or anything like that like my background is in biology um colin i think i'm like i'm kind of the closest uh, i have a theater degree but i don't really work in that field at all so yeah yeah i've got music and english literature yeah so, so i'm i'm the resident idiot and i'll say some shit that like <coughs> isn't about it but um anyways we we're just movie fans and so that's why we're doing this um, anyways, Arrival 2016, um, we'll kick it off by kind of going over the movie. Um, so yeah, it uh, starts off with a really depressing story, uh, kind of a, you know, personal story of, uh, you know, it's like, it's like maybe 10 minutes long of uh, this woman raising this child alone and then the kid getting a terminal illness and dying. Yep, so that's where we... Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the movie kind of delves into the main gist of it, which is uh, about aliens landing on Earth and the military is, you know, trying to figure out how to respond. And one of the people they go to is Amy Adams, who is a linguistics professor and like one of the top linguists in the world. And they're trying to see if she can communicate with these aliens. And she was the mother from the beginning. Yes. Amy Adams is the mother who we saw. Yes, her, uh, so yeah, Louise. Is her name in the movie? Yes, Amy oh, Adams' character is Louise. Yeah, so, let's see, are we going by character name or are we going by actor? Um, well, I, I think it'll be a little interchangeable. I, I'm definitely probably going to be calling her Amy Adams, and uh, I'll be definitely calling uh, the other guy uh, Jeremy Hawkeye. Rainer. Jeremy Rainer. <laughs> <laughs> Um... But yeah, so uh, she's this linguist that the uh, military hires to communicate with these aliens and make first contact, and whisk her away to Montana, where this um, spaceship is. And it's one of 12 locations around the planet um, that they found one of these spaceships. And uh, um, it's never, what one of my favorite first favorite moments of this is that it's never really, like, directly, like, like, talked about in the movie, but there, I mean, it's definitely referenced as this just international tension that's just rife throughout the movie, and it's, I mean, it, it, it definitely oh, takes... Oh, it's definitely mentioned. It's, well, it's like it, a heavily featured Yeah, it film. takes like, There's international tension, and, like, the people, ways different countries are responding to it is causing, like, international problems. Right. Like, I guess what I'm saying is that, like, nothing outside of, like, the aliens just showing up causes, like, civil unrest. It's just, like, their presence causes people to freak out. It's not like someone declares war or anything like that. Um, so, anyways, they then, um, well, then they proceed to... And it's also at this time when she is brought to Montana that she meets Jeremy Renner, who is a uh, physicist who has been brought out right. to consult on the same thing. 
Um, there they meet with Forrest Whitaker, who is the leader of this uh, military unit that is on site. And there is um, that one actor who's in everything. I'm not, I'm not going to remember his name, but he is like someone from the State Department or something like that. Oh, oh right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's like the residential. And he's sort of the guy in charge. It's, it's between him and Forrest Whitaker, of, uh, who's like in charge of the whole situation. Yeah, and then there's like a handful of like <coughs> military type side characters and stuff. Um, and so they then um, start. Uh, well, there's a really cool. There's a really cool opening scene that, like, uh, upon watching it a second time, I realized it's this awesome homage to uh, Kubrick in 2001: Space Odyssey when they first get on the spaceship and like the soundtrack is all weird and bizarre. And, like, there's even a shot where it's upside down, like, just to, like, really emphasize how weird and bizarre it is. Yeah. And, and like, how, like, the whole, the ship is all charcoal black and, like, and it's just really stark and alien. And, and, and uh, everything is even, even gravity is being really messed right. up and stuff. They need to, like, jump off of the scissor lift that they're on and float and kind right. of, like, the aliens are making accommodations for us to get onto their ship and... Yeah. Established communications, and, and and then they they see the you, you see the aliens for the first time, and they're they're literally in a shroud, like they're kind of like you you can definitely see them and the, like what they look like, but you don't really know where they end, um, and they're massive, and they kind of look like these giant walking squid things, um, they're like daddy long legs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh, and so then the movie kind of goes through like a. Um, Kind of a uh, a whole just portion of them establishing communication. Like they try auditorily, but then they start doing written language and spoken language at the same time, so right. that we can do these things. And the aliens are showing us their symbols, and we're showing them our symbols. And there's just a number of scenes of us. Well, initially, to... like they they don't even they aren't even able to. They don't understand that they have a written language because everyone's just trying to talk to the aliens. And Amy Adams is the character who comes in and has this different approach where she brings in this vocabulary list that, you know, initially the, you know, powers that be are suspect of and they're not sure exactly what it's going to lead to. They're trying to get to the end result. And it turns out, of course, that, you know, this turns out to be the key for you know, establishing a way of communicating with these aliens because no one knows what they're saying and from what they find out, the aliens actually aren't really saying anything with their vocalizing. It's all about the ink that is... Right. Uh, that they're displaying for their language, which, you know, also turned out to have, like, greater implications on the... just the fabric of the entire movie. Yeah, and it it, it, it kind of, from there, it launches into this a montage of them talking to the aliens but um, it's still everything is going at a very slow pace and yeah a lot some of the military people are really frustrated by that and are getting afraid um, meanwhile there is um, real real tension coming from the Chinese and the Russians who are um, getting ready to attack the aliens in uh, their countries and so there's this international tension of we have to establish these communications and these need to start going better faster before people elsewhere escalate the situation beyond our control. And meanwhile, the main character, um, Amy Adams-Louise, um, <laughs> she's having these like flashbacks uh, or whatever, like maybe like hallucinations about uh, 
this girl that you saw at the beginning, like her whole lifespan of like growing up and and everything, and there's all these little snippets of that like interspersed into, and it's like affecting her life. Yeah, and it's really hard to tell. I, I wish I had had a chance to see it again because I'm sure that on the second viewing it's much better. Oh, um, but, that's amazing. Uh, it's really hard to tell the first time through if these are actually hallucinations or if they're just flashbacks because they seem to be like staggering her at times. Yeah. Right. Like, things that are like it'll happen and it like disrupts what she's trying to do and it's she's really taken aback by it. But yeah, yeah like it'll like affect her physically, like she'll like fall over or something. Yeah, well, it's it's yeah, it's really weird too because you know like that first scene that the movie opens with, you know, is tied into these visions or mm. these flashbacks and as the movie progresses and, you know, having, like, watched the movie the second time through, uh, it definitely, you definitely see that the pattern that starts to develop, like, as she learns the language and these, uh, these visions become more frequent, like, you start to, uh, like, pin that, like, the language and the, and those visions together and how, by the end, it's just mind-blowing how these once again, the language that they say, you know, transcends time, it has no, it's a, it's a loop right. of yes. time. Yeah, and that plays into, one of the things I want to talk about. Yeah, right, and we'll, 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 we'll these, get to that these, when, yeah. when we, we got to explain uh, how we get to that part, which is, uh, so, uh, they, they're communicating and everything, and the geopolitical tensions are getting more tense, and, and uh, then it comes to kind of head where, like, um, they, like, Russia and China, like, Colin said, Russia and China are going to, like, fire up on the aliens, and it comes to this ultimatum where they're like, all right, we have to ask them this question, and the question is, what is their purpose here? And so, um, they finally do, uh, Jeremy Renner and Amy Adams, like, finally ask the aliens, like, what their purpose is, and the answer is, that they get, is, um, use weapon. Offer weapon. Offer weapon. Offer, sorry, weapon, offer yeah. weapon. And that's, like, that's what they interpret. And so, it fires off this whole thing where all the all of the um, world powers just, like, freak out, and then they stop communicating with one another. So it becomes this, like, kind of, like, ultimatum <coughs> point. And um, they won't, like, the U.S. military won't let Amy Adams, like, do what she needs to do in order to, like, you know, figure out what they meant by offer weapon. And, um, and yeah, it's shit kind of hits the fan. And so kind of at this point, Amy Adams goes rogue. She goes back in there to communicate again, even though she's not supposed to. She's been kind of forbade from it. Um, at the same time, one of the lower-level military guys uh, who's been in the room with them has set a bomb in right. the ship. And Amy Adams is going to be presumably killed by this bomb. And once the uh, military guys come to go after Amy Adams, they also kind of find these other soldiers who have broken ranks and have set this bomb, and they're starting to fight with each other. There's this whole thing. Uh, the bomb goes off, but the aliens have tipped it and Amy Adams out of the ship at the last second, like, saving her life. Right. At um, the cost of one of their own. Right. Right when they offer up, like, all of this information via their crazy ink circle language. <laughs> yeah, it's like ink or, or it's like smoke. It's like it a, reminds me of coffee it's really cool what it reminds me. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. really super cool, but it, yeah. Um, uh, it's a... Well, and then right before they blow up the ship, the aliens finally, like, give this huge message that yeah. 
to Amy Adams, and no one is able to translate it. But this is the essentially the yeah they give the this final moment where they receive the key that they've been looking for, and it, instead of it being like they get like one symbol here, one symbol there, they give us just this one gigantic cloud, cloud just full of thousands of symbols. And right. And uh, but still, like shit's all tense, and they still need to figure stuff out. And so, um, after the explosion, the alien ships all move away from the planet. They, like, gain an altitude. And then people really don't know what to do because they can't, like, communicate with the aliens anymore. And, um, so, uh, through this, at one point, they send down, like, a little pod. And, um, uh, meanwhile, Amy Adams is, like, really, like, her, like, flashbacks or hallucinations are, like, more and more where she's, like, kind of, like, reading the minds of the aliens. Like, she's, like, compelled to go outside and, like, go to this pod. And, and, she, and the, like, the aliens are starting to appear in these flashbacks, hallucinations, dreams. Right. Like, whatever they might be. Yeah. And, and so, so she gets in this pod and uh, talks to the alien directly. And it, it's this, it's an actually really cool back and forth where, um... And that's where, yeah, I really and This is the point where the big kind of reveal happens in the movie. Right. Um, I'd say it's a definite reveal. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's the part where the first time through, suddenly the movie starts making sense. Right. Because it's intentionally confusing you in the first part of it, because they want you to kind of be, what is going on with the timeline of this movie? Right. Like, time in this movie doesn't make any fucking sense. But then... It's, they kind of reveal to Amy Adams like this gift that they are giving her is like a different understanding of the nature of time. So uh, an ability to view time or to view existence in a non-linear so, fashion. So, so real quick, um, we'll close up the movie. Uh, so the alien, like like through that, like uh, Amy Adams like figures out that like it's not an offer of a weapon that the aliens were getting at. It was an offer of their language, and it's their language is the key to the survival of like of this whole thing of like the human race and like and even the race of the aliens and all this stuff. Um, and what it is is that their language allows you allows the people that truly understand it to view time the way the aliens do, which is non-linear and in like a cyclical fashion. So. It, it's like, as Amy Adams describes, it's like being able to view your life from beginning to end at once. And so, in that, <laughs> the movie then, like, does some really cool shit where, um, like, so the leader of the, of the Chinese military, like, tells Amy Adams in the future the, his phone number to call him at in order to install this, like, world peace to stop, like... Uh, the potential of a world war and, like, blowing yeah. up the yeah. aliens. He, he tells her this in the future as well as telling her, like, his wife's dying words to right. her. And that's, yeah. like, this message that she sends. It, it, it's pretty awesome. It's I mean, really fucking awesome. And, of course, you have to watch the movie in order to enjoy this podcast and understand what the fuck we're saying, because I'm sure none of this makes sense. Yes, if you haven't seen this movie, we must sound like absolutely <laughs> <laughs> So, anyways, she uses time travel language to end to to prevent <laughs> to prevent the end of the earth, and um, you learn that at the end of the movie, you learn that the whole story at the very beginning was actually what 
is eventually going to happen to Amy Adams. In the end. It, the, yes. At the end. It's because a it's... A flashback for... It's like a... It, we find right. out now that <laughs> Jeremy Renner is the father of the child that Amy Adams has not yet had. Right. But has been having all these flashbacks to the life of. And Amy Adams has this thing where she knows what's going to happen. Right. She knows that she's going to have this daughter, she's going to have a terminal illness, that Jeremy Renner is going to leave her, that all this stuff, and she decides to do it anyway. <laughs> And that's one of the really cool And then you yeah. cry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like a baby. And so that is, in a very shitty nutshell, Arrival. Um, and so we will go more in depth into that nutshell. Um, I will kick it off with, um, uh, well, we kind of, we already went over this, uh, the birth and death of the daughter in the opening. I, that was just amazing how it was done. I thought it was just really, really well done, really well shot. Um, it was really succinct, and then how it was eked out throughout the movie, and then upon, like, watching it a second time, how it's worked into how she's, like, it's evidence of her learning the the alien language, and the more she understands the alien language, the more she's able to see her life all at once, and so therefore you're seeing the flashbacks more and more, and uh, until she, like, fully understands it, and then it all comes to reality. Kind of similar to the first note I had, which was just about the nature of time in this movie and, uh, like, kind of the fractured timeline, but that the, the movie is very intentionally doing that because they want you to kind of come full circle and get this whole thing of, like, oh, it's about nonlinear, like, timeline or it's about nonlinear existence, which is a really difficult thing for humans to wrap their heads around. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't fucking get it. I'm entertained by it, but I don't think I understand it. One of the things this movie reminds me of is, and I tried to look up which episode it is, but there's an episode of uh, Star Trek Next Generation where they encounter an alien who wants to study them because this Nerd. alien... <laughs> yes. <laughs> but the, the, they encounter this alien who wants to study the ship and study the, the people because this alien can't conceive of a linear existence. It's it's a alien life that is like totally cyclical and that like they can't think of well, what do you mean like there's a point where you exist and a point where you don't exist. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I think you know of that like non-linear like totality. Like they bring that up in this movie too about how like the aliens, even their bodies, are like non-linear. There's no front, backwards, or side to side like for these aliens. Like their entire bodies are like. Essentially, they can move at any direction at any time, just like their language can, you know, go in any direction at any time, just like their minds and their time can be at any place at any time. And it's something that they, um, that they rehash, like, throughout the movie, like, time and time again with, like, the fact that these flashbacks actually turn out to be flash-forwards with the fact that they start the movie with the end of an entire lifetime. Right. And... And then, like, go back through that, like, as the movie progresses and as she's learning this language, she gets more and more peeks into it until at the end it's, like, fully realized. And so, like, they just keep bringing these things back again and they do a really good job of having those themes not be, um, not overshadow any part of the movie and still play a part throughout every scene in the movie. Right. It's like a it's a, it's awesome story within a story and I I I really can't think of another example of that that's done so elegantly. Um and it, it it's something that's like a real heady and difficult intellectual concept but they're not like being heavy-handed with it at all, which no. is really interesting. Like, really, you have to admire about it. Right. They, they're really subtle about doing this very 
intense intellectual thing. <laughs> Why does she live in that giant house? Like, I thought that too. I was like, she must be doing really well as a, as a linguistic as a teacher. professor. Yeah. <laughs> in like, what, backwards. But, like, but we do actually kind of see some other glimpses of that. Like, she's written, like, really successful books. But and that's she, after she's the a, fact she, that Before this, she's been a contractor with the military. Yeah, that's so true. there's a lot of other... She has other income coming in besides just her teaching salary. Do you think, like, the prequel to this movie is, like, some, like, Jason Bourne knockoff type of thing? I would love it if it was just something about they like, <laughs> Like she's translating Pakistani for some... I don't right. know. Right. They actually did say what the other yeah. thing was. I you made quick work of those... Uh, those like Farsi translations. Yeah. You made quick work of those insurgents. <laughs> like, I'd like to see that movie. <laughs> that would be that <laughs> terrible, terrible Hollywood blockbuster. Um, ooh, let's see here. Um, uh, arrangement of ships around the planet. Um, yep. Never mind. <laughs> well, uh, they make kind of a point of it. It's like really random spots. Yeah, uh, they do, it's not like in New York, Moscow, Tokyo. Like one of them is in Montana. But but it's I mean it's purposely spread throughout the planet to what increase the odds because I mean the the aliens can in a sense tell the future, and so like they're like oh we need to do this shit so we need to do it in a way where we're going to be able to communicate it. They live in these places. Well, right? I think it just has to do with like. You know, they kind of go back into that where they say, you know, Earth doesn't have one ruler. There's not one person that they can go to. So I don't think that was necessarily, like, I think they were just plotting down wherever they thought would, like, bring people to them. Like, I don't know if it was necessarily, like, any... Because they never make any point of it in the movie to no. say, like, other than to say, like, it's random. Like, right. Really. It's, <laughs> it's just like, um, like... Time traveling movies and like sci-fi. So I'm I'm a huge fucking sci-fi nerd and like I get all nitpicky about it and like hey when I did when you did and one of the things about it is like is just that is like so like the the aliens like the whole thing is like you know they 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 are helping out humans because they know in the future three thousand years in the future they need the help of the humans so they need to teach them this language in order to help themselves in the future and um, so that known why didn't they just come down and start like writing english to them you know because like, they never write english in the movie no but they could because they know it i mean they they figure it out well like, they, they understand it but yeah, they yeah. don't but the, i mean that was kind of one thing that i was i kind of kept wondering was if these creatures these aliens have no concept of time can see in any time then like why wouldn't they know like to just directly go to like, Louise, right? And like, like maybe not necessarily, like, and it's not, right. maybe not necessarily like in English, but like make it easier. Yeah, yeah. You know, and oh. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's a this is this thing. This is the thing when you get into time travel. Like, right. Anytime you're dealing with right, like messing with time, <laughs> like there's always going to be those weird questions of like, right. how the fuck? Did well, you it's like that it's happen? like Hermione ruining like, all of Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. You know, like she could. You have a time traveling amulet. Oh, we'll just go back to when you know, fucking. Voldemort's doing his shit and make him not exist, you know? <laughs> but then there'd be no Harry Potter. <laughs> there are certain things in time travel that you just have to take as a buy. Like, that, like okay, technically this could solve every problem, but they right. still need to find some yeah. sort of well, limitations yeah. on it. Well, like, yeah, it's part of the storytelling. You know? Yeah, and I feel like the whole thing of, like, miscommunication and, like, mistranslation was, like, a recurring theme in this movie. Like, 
they talk about you know the whole thing where the military comes to uh, Louise slash Amy Adams and um, she tells them before they go to Berkeley to talk to the other guy ask him what the Sanskrit translation for war is right. and it's like the difference between argument or uh, like more cows right which you know there's that a lot just, of difference well yeah yeah it's <laughs> like that and then the whole like kangaroo thing where right. you know it was like Oh yeah, like they, she like made up this whole story of like they went into this village and they were like asking and it was like kangaroo and yeah, like Captain the aboriginals were like the aborigines. yeah and there was like oh Cap like kangaroo just meant I don't know and then like at the end of it it was like no that's actually complete and total bullshit but that proves my point exactly right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and like, that's <laughs> a, a theme throughout the movie she's always talking about like yeah we we have to be very careful because we're doing this communicating with a new people and we don't know anything about them so they might take this to mean x but it absolutely means like banana yeah. well, like offer weapon yeah the yeah. weapon versus tool right. versus like skill versus yeah versus yeah anything that could be translated to like something that you utilize um kind of want to rip on their chemistry i didn't um I I felt like I mean I thought uh, I thought Renner was doing a better job than she was. I felt like uh, Amy Adams showed zero affection for Renner throughout See, but the movie. This is why I actually really loved it. I've, really? I I really loved this love story because it wasn't really a love story until the last like minute of the movie, which and and it, you don't realize it was a love story until the last minute of the movie, and I don't think she even realized that it was because. She was caught up in this whole right. moment, and she was the shining star. Like she was the person who was making all of like the major leaps. She was the person that was putting in the hours, and not that right. Jerry wasn't, but she was the person that was making the major breakthroughs. So I can see him falling in love with her through that admiration and through that. You're right. Like, and, of, and, like, like he says, where he's like, of all of this, like the one thing that like I'm the most amazed by is you. Like at the end of the movie. Yes, absolutely. And. And she, like, she kind of got that, like, at mass uploaded through learning the language. And so, like, at the end when, you know, you're kind of thinking they're going to go in for the kiss, but it turns out to be, like, really, like, like the, the most, oh, like, God. the most. When she says, like, I forgot what it's like to hold yeah. you. Yeah. I, I and was that's like, the first time oh my god! So that it was for her. It was like almost instantaneous because she was so caught up in this, and then at the same time she was like getting this other like this future like fed into her slowly and not realizing what it was until the end, and then getting all of that, and then like she got all of those years of love like in that one moment, and that's when she fell in love, and he got that slow build, but she totally got that like epiphany of. Oh my God, I love you! Like, and I've loved you for so long now. Even though this is the first time, like, right. for you, that this moment is happening. Like, I've already lived through all of this at this point now. Yeah, not to sound like Amy Nicholson, but it's true. And um, <laughs> there, it's also part of the device of us, like, kind of throwing us off the scent of that they're going to be romantically linked. That he's her husband. That he's the father of the child. It's not until we get the full reveal that the movie comes full circle that we realize that they're in love like you see him falling in love with her like exactly the scene you talked about where he's saying like she's amazing like she's astounding us at every turn like she has an answer for every problem and all these things and you see him falling in love with her but it's not until that thing where she hugs him and it's like oh i forgot like how even though and he's so confused by it because yeah it's like, <laughs> oh, it's... i have no idea <laughs> that's weird yeah <laughs> no 
I thought um, I thought he was amazing in it. Um, I, I think this might be the best Jeremy Renner performance I've I would agree seen with that. in a movie. I would agree with that. I think this is the first time he's actually had the chance. You know, I would have to rewatch The Hurt Locker, but I I hated that movie the first time I saw uh, it. So I haven't it. seen that. Yeah, neither have I. Um, oh, I just again, I just want to talk about that the first scene of them going into the the alien ship. I just thought that was just like such a really cool. Like it made me want to be. I was I was like I need to watch 2001 Space Odyssey again after watching this because it's just so like like how they how they use sound and, and like with the cinematography like. They really make this, you know, because the movie at that point, it's all this, you know, political tension and like, you know, like, ooh, all this what if and all this crap. But then like, then the, like that point, it makes you, it's like, oh no, they're dealing with freaking meeting aliens right now, you know, yeah. like this is insane, you know, <laughs> and it pulls you into that and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> and, and the whole thing about how much Amy Adams is like freaking out. And yes. She's hyperventilating. Right. She can barely like go through it. She won't even do the jump and no. Forrest Whitaker has That's to like, yeah. chuck her <laughs> yeah. and like get her onto the ship. Right. And then, um, and then uh, they meet the alien and then it's a hard cut to quarantine. It's a hard cut and they're back at like at the base, you know, and so you don't even see like what they did. Yeah. We don't even get to meeting. see anything about no, it first. You just see Jeremy Renner throwing up in trash can and like, you don't even know what happened, and I think Amy Adams even says like, how, "Like, am I fired?" So you don't even know if they even said anything, you know. Um, and I just think that's awesome because, like, in so much in sci-fi movies, especially when they're dealing with alien contact and stuff, they get so. I feel like the movie gets so excited about like showing the alien and like and the whole meaning of the alien that they miss the whole fucking like like deeper story that's there. They just grace over it, which is like you're meeting something that you have no idea what you're about to meet. Like, you have literally no frame of reference. No frame of reference yeah. at all. And like, in the first time since, um, Alien, since, since actually, um, Ridley Scotch's... Ridley Scotch. Is, um, uh, Alien that they, I mean, that's, that one does it really well, you know, when they go down on the planet and it's like, it's weird and this is crazy. And so well, yeah, like, I, I think that's something that we've kind of gotten oversaturated with because we've had so many of, like, the blockbuster alien movies that... Welcome to Earth! Yeah, it, yeah, it always comes down to, like, what the aliens, like, technology looks like or them, like, shooting crazy things or, like, melting people with their, like, crazy rays. Like, and this movie, like, didn't at any point take that turn, so no. it used, like, cinematography so, oh, like, okay. efficiently, well, it, like, to, like, make things, like, to, like bring you into this sense of like, holy, I'm in a whole nother world right now. Oh, yeah. Like, when they go in and they, they take that turn, like, when it's, first of all, like, they're, like, looking down below, and oh, it's like, yeah. they're, like, looking down at, like, the, the lift, and then they, they move up, and then it's like, you, like, brings you in, and it's, like, upside down, like, <laughs> from, like, this, like, shot looking straight down to this upside down shot, and then it's, like, comes back around, and it's like, all right, everything's right side up again, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, I had to adjust as a viewer right. to this, like, situation, like, it, like, gave me, like, a little, like, smidgen of, like, that, like, feeling of, like, that awe yeah. of, like, holy shit, I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to be on that ship, but at least I have, like, some sense of, like, this feels fresh, like, this feels, like, absolutely, like, surreal right now. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was really, really well done, and, and, uh, to, um, piggyback on what you were saying, uh, 
There are no action scenes in this movie at all. Closest thing is the the little scene with the bomb on the ship. The bomb yeah. on the ship, but and then you you hear. And even when the there's the the gun fight that's going on below, you don't see it. You don't see anything. All you hear you is just hear it. Like you see the guy like passing out the guns and like we're gonna fight our fellow soldiers, but then you, you just hear the gunfire. That's it. Right, and there's no deaths or anything like that. Um, it's uh, it, and I didn't even realize that until Drew pointed out like after the movie. Um, Ooh, let's see here. Um, I have Christopher Nolan thinks he's so clever. Um, that's just because I just finished watching Westworld, and Jonathan. I know it's not Christopher Nolan, but Jonathan Nolan did that show, and uh, it kind of has some like multiple timelines in it. And I just felt like, and that's a really good show, and I'll probably plug it at the end of this. But um, I just want to say that I think that this movie does it way better. Oh, I would say that this movie is more clever than a lot of things Christopher Nolan has made, and yeah. yes, I agree that Christopher Nolan thinks he's very clever. I mean, I, I do love you, Christopher Nolan. I think Interstellar's fun, but um, I think this is better. <laughs> um, let's see here. Um, I'm kind of done uh, with my notes. I'm kind of done here. What do you got, Craig? Yeah, I mean, I know we were kind of talking about the uh, how in-depth they get into this movie in terms of theory and still how accessible they make it, and I was doing some reading on... Eric Hosferer, <laughs> that's the screenwriter's name, mm -hmm. but, uh, did he write or the Heisen, Heiser, no, uh, so it's based on a short story by like Tim, Ted Chiang, Ten Chiang, that's right, um, and it's the story of your life, and, um, but as far as, like, just, like, the scientific principles, like, you know, they were looking into, like, Snell's Law and Ferdinand's Principle of Least Time, and I'm like, I have no idea what, like, Oh. Like, half of this stuff even is, or, like, outside of, like, you know, the Wikipedia article that I read on it, <laughs> but I'm like, for the fact that they went that in-depth into making this movie shows, like, at every turn, like, because they never are, like, presenting these, like, complicated, like, right. mathematical, like, or, like, you know, like, physics, like, quantum physics, like, theories. No, they don't get all annoying about no, it. No, but it's, like, still, like... You know, I feel like, you know, from, you know, the people that I've, like, listened to that are scientists that have watched this movie, they have felt that, while it does take liberties because it's still science fiction, it still holds true to a lot of scientific principles, which is nice to, like, have someone who's like, oh, yeah, like, I really, really care about making this, like, the most, uh, this movie having the most integrity as it can. Right. Like, even if I'm making this movie for mass appeal, like I want it to have like a layer of integrity and oh, yeah. authenticity that you can only get by like talking with these phys like these physicists and talking with these mathematicians. So um, I just want to say like, I appreciate that level of yeah. Commitment it's and depth. very apparent that they like took their time and really did their homework on this movie. Like, even to the casual viewer, like I didn't look up any of that stuff, and I'm. I'm very happy that you did because that's really cool to know. <laughs> but but you can really tell that they took like a lot of deliberate time and effort like going right. into this, and 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 they didn't rely on like a 
Michael Rappaport to like explain it to. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> I was I was really glad that at no point did we go to Jeremy Renner to just give us a like mid act two exposition Math dump. dump. Yeah, like, like just be like, okay, now let's explain what's going on in the movie. Right. <laughs> you mean the Squid Guys are trying to teach us a time language? <laughs> Whatever, lady. You know, uh, I'm glad I didn't do that. Like just a mug to the camera and fucking lame. We, we don't have that scene in Jupiter. Ascending where Sean Bean explains what's been going on for the last hour. <laughs> <laughs> Although it did have, uh, I mean, Forrest Whitaker at the very beginning was a goddamn idiot, and it drives me insane. And, and like, I, it annoyed me in the first viewing, and it annoyed me in the second viewing too, where he literally like sits down in this woman's office with a recording of an alien talking, and is just like. Determine this, and then gets upset when she can't. <laughs> like it's like, yeah, it's oh, a fucking uh, alien and, dude, and that happens throughout. Yeah. Like, that happens throughout the movie where she's going, where Forrest Whitaker's like, I can't. It can't be possible that doing the written language and the spoken language at the same time is faster. And she's like, No, it one hundred percent is. Right. And even to me, I'm not a linguist. I like I couldn't yeah. even pass like one semester of. Of Spanish, but I'm like, no, that would definitely be faster. Well, yes. It would make way more dude, sense. Dude, they don't have mouths. Like, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are you getting off on that? Like, she could figure it out from a tape recording, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, and then, yeah, that, on that train of where it's like, oh, yeah, like, you just, you try, everyone's presenting, like, math to these aliens. Right. And it's like, well, why wouldn't you think that written language would, like, still be better than, like, trying to vocalize things. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, like, our guys aren't presenting the math. We never see, like, Amy Adams or Jeremy Renner presenting the math, but we we hear, like, from these scenes with, like, that's what they're doing in, like, all these other countries, is they're yeah. showing, like, differential equations and, like, trying to communicate with them. Like, through mathematics and games. Yeah, like, the Chinese are, like, right. exclusively doing it through games, and they're like, oh, that's super dangerous, because, like, if everything is a game, everything is a competition. And they use, like, one of my favorite analogies of, like, if all you have is a hammer, like, then every problem is a nail. Is a nail. Yeah. Right. Like, um, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, it was great. And, and like, like you said, Craig, it made the movie really accessible to everyone. And, um, without dumbing it down or, like, getting all talky and annoying. Um, I'd like to wrap this up with, um, just some kind of, like, final thoughts on the, on, well... Well, I have one more note before we uh, oh, okay. just wrap things up, but... It's just kind of how seamlessly and well a lot of these things are woven into, like, every fabric of this movie. Like, the written language of the aliens is secular. Right. Like, all of their written language are these circles with different, like, variations coming off of them. Versus our language, which is super linear. Yeah, like, it's, right. you read it in a line from left to right, top right. to bottom. Like, all written human languages are linear their language is secular. Right. Yeah, no, it's, and it's like, that. it It sounds like it's like this, like, annoying, like, driving home a piece, but it, it, they really use it artistically, and it, it's really fucking cool how they do it. Well, it really reminded me of the, uh, the Ouroboros, which is the image of, it's like an ancient symbol, like, of a dragon eating its own tail. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's, every time I saw that happen throughout the movie, it just reminded me of that, and... I don't know if that was intentional or... I mean, I feel like it, it had to be in some sense because it was like the first trailer I saw of the movie when I right. saw that symbol, it was like, I was like, oh, the Ouroboros, I love that. Like, right. like, it's like, like secular time, like everything like that ends has a beginning, every beginning is an end. And right. 
it's <laughs> and and yeah, that, that'll that'll kind of kick me off on, on my my whole I don't know overall feeling of this movie um, that I like to kind of end this on is uh, is um, that well, first of all, it's easily like one of my favorite movies like ever right now, and I might just be like still high from it because I just watched it twice within a week, but it's so fucking good and it's so good in like so many ways because it like hits all these really important points for me as well as like like there's a lot of like uh there's a lot of references and homage to like other movies and stuff like the whole the whole story within a story is kind of like to me like it's like taking like the you know like a really good ho ho uh, uh, Hollywood movie, but then elaborating on it, where it's like, like the director's almost being like, oh yeah, you guys are doing that, yeah, I could do that, and I can do even more, you know, I could take that and like make it even more, you know, and um, and then like the reference to, I mean, there's obvious references to Carl Sagan and Contact, you know, in this, mm -hmm. and, and 2001 a Space Odyssey, and, and I, I love that in good filmmaking when they're able to like, not only put out a really good product, but then also like, reflect on, like, the medium that they're in. Well, to, like, reflect and pay homage to the people who came before them and that influenced them. Right. Yeah. Apparently this project started, like, eight years ago. Really? Yeah. Like, the screenwriter, uh, like, read the story and was like, I want to make a movie, like, based on this, and started in 2008, like, took it to a bunch of, like, production studios and got turned down every time. Like, wow. just tried to do it multiple times since then. And... Finally, I think he just like got like the like the right people backing him, and I'm like I I'm glad it. it I wish it would have happened sooner, but uh -huh. I feel like it happened in in a good time, and I feel like of that time that was spin off or that that rejection was probably a good time to like refine it and you know build it into what it became. So right, like while I understand that like I, I guess I'm just really upset that like more movies like this like probably won't happen. Like, I know. Oh, this is a, it's very rare that you we, get a movie like yeah. Because of, like, just seeing how amazing this movie is and, like, how hard it was to get this movie to this point. Right. Like, makes me, like, sad for, like, future movies that could be, like, the next arrival or, you know, the next... You know, oh, whatever I know. they are, not even, you know, say that, you know... Well, think about all the screenplays that we, we're never, ever going to see, ever. Yeah. That, that are out there, that are probably, like, my favorite movie might be out there and I'll never see it. <sighs> yeah. But... Yeah, my overall impression just was that this is a fantastic movie, mostly just because of this. I mean, be one of the smartest movies I've seen in a really long time. Oh yeah, like, it's it's not relying on anything gimmicky or popcorny. Like like you said, there's no action scenes in it, but it is so gripping from start to beginning, from like beginning to end, and it's just so smart and well crafted from start to beginning. From start to beginning. From, from the start yeah. to the beginning. Yeah. From the start to the beginning. From the start to the beginning to the ending, which is the start. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to start talking about this movie in the timeline of this movie. Like, so, we're going to so start no, talking in the fourth dimension, No, guys. listeners, that was not me making a mistake <laughs> yeah. uh, in saying something. That was me just... Putting that little thing up. Yeah. We're speaking in the fourth dimension. <laughs> Cullen's, Cullen's uh, he's currently dressed in his robe right now. Um, you know, he's, he's the resident, like, philosopher. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so that, that was Arrival. Um, and I guess now we will talk about what we're going to do next week, or, which is Craig. Yes, uh, so we will be doing uh, Kevin Spacey's Birdman, which... 
Kevin Spacey? Was it no, not Kevin Spacey. No, damn it. Uh, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Keaton. Damn it. <laughs> not Kevin Spacey. Sorry, so no, we will be doing uh, we will be doing Michael Keaton's Birdman. Yeah, clearly none of us have seen this. Yeah, movie. yeah, a movie that none of us have seen. So um, this should be interesting. It was, uh, yeah, it was like 2015, if I remember correctly. Last year? I think it was last year. Really? And it was kind of it was the rave. Oh the yeah, rave no, yeah, yeah, it was it was like a big Oscar buzz movie and stuff. It's one of those ones that everyone says was good, but I haven't seen it. Yep. So. Here. Looking forward to it. So uh, I'd like to just finally end on um, some things I'm interested in, that we're all interested in. Um, what I'm interested in is um, uh, Westworld. That's a great show. It's a HBO series. It's ten episodes long. Um, Jonathan Nolan uh, wrote it and directed it, based off of a uh, Michael Crichton book and movie from, what, the 70s? 70s. Yeah. Really well done. Really good cast. Um, I won't go into all the cast because there's a lot. Yeah, really good. Highly recommend. I would say, uh, speaking of screenplays for movies that will never be, uh, Blacklist Table Reads great show. is yes, a great good show. podcast for where Leonard Black. Yep. yep. He goes through and does table reads for movies that will never make it to the screen, but are awesome in their own ways. Uh, highly recommended for people who are sick of the same movies <laughs> and want to listen to something awesome. Uh, my plug or recommendation for this week, um, I was talking about Star Trek earlier, but there is a wonderful documentary on Netflix right now called For the Love of Spock. Uh, it is done by Leonard Nimoy's son. Uh, it was begun before Leonard Nimoy's death and finished after Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> it was begun before Leonard Nimoy's death and finished after Leonard Nimoy's death and is a really great film. Alright, um, I think that's it. Um, and yeah, we will be back next week for Birdman on I Want You to Watch This. Thanks, and take care. See you next week. <laughs>